where'd all the good classic Disney villains go? Why can't Disney just do that anymore? You know, why don't we have any Radigans and Ursulas and Scars anymore? Why are we getting all these, like, villainless movies? And it's like, uh, Indigo, you got something Radigan? to say? <laughs> <laughs> the Napoleon of crime, but he's a rat. I know. But... Yeah, Voiced first by example Price? off the dome. <laughs> you dissing my boy Radigan, the prime I example of a third act breakdown? <laughs> His entire design changes because he loses his fucking mind? I just would not. That's not what I would default to in the tier list of... God, I'm I'm just getting roasted from every direction today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special Pride Month episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. As always, I am afflicted with the criminal sin of hubris, so Pride Month is a universal experience for me. But and... I also like how shiny everything is. <laughs> yes, good. And Cyan. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the pod. We got so many colors today. Yeah, We're really... a full rainbow, you could say. <laughs> a full rainbow of cool tones and red. <laughs> and me. <laughs> See, obviously, the entire rainbow. Yes. <laughs> the token warm color. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, This is a a wonderful episode because we've got uh, Cyan back on the pod for another Pride Month. And also, which we only realized after... Was her last Pride Month? Yeah. yeah, Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, we also uh, are happy to celebrate... This is episode uh, 69 of the podcast. (laughs) Nice! Which is... We didn't realize that until we were putting together. Like, we had this, like, yeah, Pride Month episode with Cyan. Oh, this is the funny number. Okay, perfect. It's all come together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which is a common... Yes. The other fun thing, of course, is that now we've got the, the ace to non-ace ratio is higher than it typically is. Someone has to hold down the fort for the rest of us. <laughs> oh yeah. Why didn't you introduce Indigo? I never Do you get not normally okay. introduce Indigo? That Indi- seems unfair. Indigo is a cryptid who uh, the few times I've tried to introduce Indigo uh, refused to be introduced. Cyan, I love and appreciate the thought towards introducing me, but I feel like it, it's only fair to Blue and Red to point out that I did write the introductory copy for this podcast and therefore am the one who left out introducing Yes. <laughs> also, you tend to mute your audio track for the first half, so we never get like the background chuckles or anything so no one needs my ice cubes in this coffee shuffling around you know <laughs> so this is also challenge mode for anyone who can't tell women's voices apart so when they get to the Q&A portion it's like who the fuck is that hey <laughs> alright so sometimes like I know some people will like change their voice on the phone to like make it more distinct uh, like sometimes people will, like get misgendered over the phone and stuff like that so like if we have to shift our voices in some way to make it like easier for people to tell us apart which directions are we going like who goes low who goes high I'll go high Perfect. I, uh, Cyan, you've heard my my customer service speaking to voice like goes up fully an octave when I'm on the phone. <laughs> Have you heard my customer service voice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my customer service voice is not quite my valley girl voice but it's a lot closer i do i do something similar too when i have to be like an adult in a professional environment it's like oh thank you so much for calling yeah let's talk about that and then like normally it's like what's up guys <laughs> like, hello this is cyan this yes. episode brought to you by idris elba <laughs> hi uh yeah i'm blue i just like to if we could transition over to the video discussion portion of the podcast i understand you got a lot of things on your plate right now so it's super busy uh just if we'd be able to do that that would be fantastic i think Thanks it's so much for would appreciate out this. I would love to coordinate with you about this, but I'll be right back. Oh my god, we have to get out of here. 
So let's uh, let's go to Iceland, which is actually we got the whole Iceland crew here. Well, the the whole podcast <laughs> is Iceland crew Iceland people. Crew. Yeah, a subset of the larger to be set. Fair, even if I wasn't here, the whole podcast would be Iceland, Iceland crew people. Yeah. We have more of the Iceland crew. Yeah. A change from normal. Yeah, but uh, this this past uh, Friday, not the last Friday, but the one before then, the other biweekly, uh, I <laughs> yes, had a yeah. companion piece for the Nine Realms video, the Tenth Realm, just Iceland, just regular Iceland. <laughs> Uh, talking about uh, the history of Iceland itself, a little bit of the geological history, architectural history, leading up to uh, Hallgrimskirke, which is a fucking bear to pronounce. Good God. The double L in Icelandic is like, it's like a TL almost. And depending on what vowel sound comes after it, it's okay. So like if I'm saying uh, like Vatnajökull for one of the glaciers, the Jökull sound is like all right on its own. But if you try to put another sound after it, or worse yet, another consonant, it's a mess. So that double L in Hallgrimskirke is like Hallgrimskirke, but it's really hard to say. <laughs> so. Oh boy. Yeah, but that was, that was fun. I, uh, I I had fun with that one. I, I was able to coordinate with uh, Ludo history a little bit, um, and he helped me uh, catch a couple things that I uh, was about to stumble off of, because uh, Iceland as a landmass is about 50 million years old, but most of the natural landscape that is like above the surface is only like 50,000 years old. Yeah, so oh, Iceland is my, a little baby by yeah, landmass standards. So my original script baby was like, mean. volcanoes sprung out of the ground millions of years ago, and he's like, actually, no. The like most of the volcanoes are only like a couple dozen thousands of years old actually yeah. like sorry my guy our tour so. guide talked about this a little bit uh yeah that like uh when when iceland grows up and becomes a big grown-up continent it'll probably look a lot like it's big brother new zealand because mm-hmm. they have almost identical geological formation uh yeah. but iceland is a little baby and it, it like it the rocks are so young they don't even have echoes which they is don't fucking echo weird yeah so we were in this ravine Wait, what? yeah the, the rocks don't um oh yeah this was uh this was on the the day hike that was um, a little bit tricky for the for the mobility aid user. <laughs> yeah, for, for the looser jointed among us. Uh, to be fair, I also nearly fell off the mountain, and my only excuse was I had vertigo that day. Um, but yeah, we That's sort of. That's a like, valid excuse. It wasn't great. I was like clinging to the rock for dear life, like be normal, be normal, stand up straight. Um, but uh, we walked down into this little like cliffy ravine, kind of had to squeeze past this ice pillar that had formed, and he was just like, hey, check out this cool thing. Ah! And then, like, no echo. And it's like, huh! Um, and he explained that basically, like, the rocks were so young and soft that they just didn't, I guess, have the right acoustic properties to bounce yeah. sound back like older, more solid rocks do. Yeah. Huh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Iceland is wild. Uh, and I had a really good time talking about it. Um, it was... Uh, it was fun to kind of go through like the geological history, the the history, history, and then the architecture. I got a, I got a couple a couple comments uh, about how uh, Iceland is not Scandinavian; it is technically Nordic because it Ugh. is not on the continental like Scandinavian peninsulas, um, which is to say Iceland is not dick shaped. Therefore, it's not actually <laughs> Scandinavian. <'cause laughs> Episode sixty nine, people. Denmark, hey. uh, Jutland shaped like a penis. Norway shaped like a penis. Sweden shaped Norway, like a penis. Sweden, Finland, Finland, yep, Finland Iceland, is the balls. It's an Iceland of dicks. <laughs> so Scandinavia uh, thus clearly does not include Iceland because it is non-phallic in shape. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to the idea that since Iceland is so thoroughly Scandinavian in culture and in like its population group it's like you know it's Scandinavian but like technically technically it is Nordic however I refute the sass comments because like come on like it's it's 
It's the closest approximation of a language to Old Norse. Like, we can call it Scandinavian in parlance and have it be fine. There is no task more Sisyphusian than trying to out um actually a YouTube comment section, yeah. my friend. Yeah, but um, other than that, people really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, the uh, the actual history uh, of the the church is like yeah like this one's actually very new like usually we think of pretty buildings or a thing that we don't make anymore but this is from the 1900s and it's really nice uh, one of the top comments is like wow blue successfully convinced me to want to go to a church that's a feat <laughs> I'm like ha ah. <laughs> not that I'm like a warrior for Christ or anything but like yay appreciate the cool building. <laughs> I don't I, think anyone thinks you're a warrior for Christ. Good. Three Pope fights videos. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I feel like I don't remember it coming up in the video, but there is that big statue of Leif Erikson in yeah. front of the... the yep, happy yeah. Leif Erikson day to everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was made before the church was designed. It was um, sent to Iceland in 1930 by uh, an American sculptor, or by America, made by an American sculptor, yeah, kind of like as a gift from one democracy to another in, nah. in celebration of the 100th, uh, sorry, uh, 100th, 100th, 1,000th uh, anniversary of the all thing being made in 930 AD. So it's like, congratulations, you're kind of getting your sovereignty, uh, getting your legs under you finally after a thousand years and like 700 of being sat on by a, a kingdom. Um, here's a, a, a cool statue of, of your guys. So there's a whole thing of like, oh, is Leif Erikson Norwegian? Is he Icelandic? And they both claim him in, in, in different ways. And as Iceland's kind of gotten more independent, they're like, Leif Erikson is Iceland's boy, which like you can make the you can make the case either way. But uh, it's a really cool statue. And it was kind of neat that the, the people in charge of Hallgrim's Kierke were willing to be like, yeah, we can put this statue of a full pagan in front of our church. It's fine. It's Iceland. And the fact that they're like that chill about it um, is, is honestly pretty cool. And I respect that. Yeah. It's kind of cute, the, the dynamic that Iceland and the U.S. kind of have with each other, which is this sort of like like your younger sibling goes off and gets really really famous like oh yeah you know same guy discovered both places but like iceland is this you know little very very cool country up on the arctic circle and then the u.s is you know got its own hot mess going on but no one can argue it's not kind of a big deal yeah <laughs> and the, i remember when i was reading the the plaque i didn't know that the, the statue was donated by america but it does make sense because the plaque was kind of like oh man it's pretty cool how uh iceland and vinland are like two peas in a pod am i right and i was like <laughs> oh that's sweet and i was like oh okay but vinland was the one saying that okay <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> all right vinland uh, pipe down uh, <laughs> yeah but whew. um it was a good video that I, I had a lot of fun putting together. It was nice to be able to put the, the beautiful meme template of the, the ice cream shot from Padalon mm -hmm. uh, into the world. Thank you, Cyan, for taking that picture. Oh, what a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a uh, nice little little follow-up for the, uh, the Nine Realms video. We've got a couple other uh, topic-aligned videos coming up uh, in the latter part of the year, uh, which is fun to do. I like kind of doing a little one-two punch. We did that with Troy last year, so this yeah, was a good one as well. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, but moving forward, one week in the schedule. Red, tell us about the uh, the the deal with the devil you made to be able to put this video into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this the trope talk that just came out uh, at time of recording two days ago was about Faustian bargains, aka deals with the devil. Um, and I had a lot of fun with this one because it, sometimes when when I'm writing a trope talk, it all just kind of flows out onto the page, and I'm like, I already had a bunch of thoughts on this apparently, and in this case, it was like. 
Yeah, there's a lot of these situations. Like, I for, for a change, I didn't have any trouble finding all the examples I needed. In a lot of cases, I'll kind of be racking my brains before I'm like, wait a minute, there's like three <laughs> Disney movies with this exact premise. And then I go yeah. through and pop them all in. But in this case, I was like, and Dr. Facilier goes here, and half the characters <laughs> in Critical Role go here. And it just, it was really fun. It was um, Bill Cipher. <laughs> Bill Cipher, yeah, the yeah. easiest thumbnail I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting topic. And a lot of people had some pretty interesting thoughts about it in the comments. There were a few people being like, hey, go eat these Faust is a, Faust is in like an interesting version of it. And it's like, yeah, the, the one where he kind of gets redeemed. What? I'm sorry. Who's <laughs> Faust? <laughs> yeah, I should have known that this would be an unwise can of worms to open. Goethe, he's a German guy. I, I was going to I was gonna say, like, it was funny when I read the script. It's like, oh, like, because I had read Goethe's Faust for class, and I was like, oh, I guess he was a previously existing character for, like, 400 years before Goethe. I'm like, what do you mean he's from the 1400s? Oh, shit, never mind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, sorry. Continue. I, I just needed to flag that. Uh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I, I can see the expression kind of ripple. Uh, <laughs> Goethe's, uh, fall, Faust, fuck. The problem is I have a character name who's very similar to this, and my brain's like, I know what you want to say, and it's like, no, <laughs> this is the one time I don't. It's <sighs> okay, German's made up. Yeah, see? Yeah. Everything's they all are, up. all the languages, yeah. <laughs> but German's especially made up. Anywho, it was fun. I had a good time talking about it. Uh, and uh, the thing about Goethe's Faust is that I, I think he actually gets, like, redeemed at the last, like, he, he's, like, uh, actually okay, and then he dies, um... Here's Something the thing, like we that? only read Faust part one for class. There's a part two that we just we did, didn't get to. We, we moved on uh, to the next book in the unit. I so, uh, yeah. No, yeah. this is college. <laughs> mm, even better. But, uh, there's, you, you know, really there's a lot of different variants on the story, especially yeah. in that that sort of era, those few centuries. Uh, the morality of what you should use a deal with the devil story to, like, teach the audience was kind of in flux because of course like as mentioned you know when, when i noticed it lined up perfectly with like hey this is when the witch hunters started getting weird oh okay i see what zeitgeist <laughs> was going on here it's yeah. like early on it's like the devil pops up in your fucking potato field and is like oh farmer brown i'll make a deal with you and farmer brown's like okay and then the story is a funny little romp about farmer brown outsmarting the devil uh by agreeing to share the the uh stuff that the field produces and then like like one year he gets what's above ground and the next year he gets what's below ground so he just plants you know flowering vegetables first year and root vegetables second year and the devil slaps his knee and walks off into the sunset and farmer brown's just fine but then for like 200 years it was like ah oh, for consorting with the devil uh prudence lisbeth must be burned and it's like whoa <laughs> everything just took a really harsh turn all of a sudden um and now we've sort of looped back around to like deals with the devil are cool as long as you get a really neat costume redesign out of it. So you know, um, or, or you know, a fiddle made of gold. A fiddle yeah. made of gold. The number of comments about devil went down to George is like, yeah, <laughs> it does indeed apply as an example. But show me one visual I could have used from a country song. Yeah, <laughs> um, you could have just episode of Futurama where they parody that song and they do have them do a fiddle contest with the devil. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, but I believe you. <laughs> or the episode of Constantine where you listen to the record and then you, like, rip your ears out or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Constantine is another, like, easy example, but it's yeah. almost too easy because it's... Too easy. Sometimes I avoid using the examples that, like, play with the trope too much because it's like, this, this thing is being very self-aware about it. It's not exactly an example of the trope. It's, it's a purposeful, like, examination of it. Although... 
this does mean that I didn't bring up Constantine's absolutely baller move in the comics of selling his soul to three different devils so that when he died, uh, it crashed Hell's entire economy and they had to bring him back to life to try and fix it. Um, <laughs> which is the funniest possible way to resolve that situation, to be completely yeah. honest. Um, anyway, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a grand old time, and I promise I didn't make any sinister back alley deals, but the video is our top performing video for like the last 10 videos. It, I saw it got down to seven on trending, which seven like, on trending. is that a record? I think we've gotten to seven or eight before. I think we got to eight before, but seven yeah. feels like a record for sure. Wow. Um, lucky dang. number seven. Yeah. Yes. Or unlucky number seven, depending Ooh. on how you got there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, that was a. Was a pretty ridiculous turnout for a video that I was like, this will be fun. And then it yeah. was, but like, you know, I can never really predict which ones are going to fully pop off. Yeah. In the last batch of trope talks, there've been a couple frames where I'm like, like, this is basically the essence of the argument right here. And the one for this one was the very simple comparison of like, what is the setup to what is the payoff? So if the setup is like, you are an underdog who's in an awful situation, it sets up a payoff of like, I, what's the story where it's the, that poor lady who's like basically screwed and then she makes the deal with the devil and then she ends up being fine. Rumpelstiltskin? Is that Rumpelstiltskin? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I was like, well, Rumpelstiltskin's <laughs> not, really not the name of the lady. But, <laughs> it's not, uh, for sure. Yeah. Usually, uh, I, I mean, a lot of fairy tales, the protagonist doesn't even have a name. It's like the poor yeah. girl, the peasant's daughter, the prince, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it's like the other situation is someone who is already powerful and a dick is basically like part one for third act breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had King this kind Manus. of <laughs> yeah. I had this fun kind of moment of revelation while I was writing it out. Like, yeah, actually, the the design of a villain is so that you will like to see them fail. Like, that's the whole point of them. And once I realized that, like. All of the planting you put into a villain's character becomes, you know, set up for the payoff of when they crash and burn. And, uh, like, it sounds obvious, but, you know, you, you get conversations about this all the time. Like, your villains need to be sympathetic. Your villains need to be complicated. They need to feel like real people. And it's like, that can be a thing that you can do. But all the villain needs to do eventually is lose to the heroes. And, yeah. like, how you play that is completely up to you. So, like, y you know, I, I think... I think it sort of helped me work out a couple, like, internal conflicts I'd had a few times. Because, like, there's been this, um, I don't know, this recurring think piece over the last couple decades about, like, where would all the good classic Disney villains go? Why can't Disney just do that anymore? You know, why don't we have any Radigans and Ursulas and Scars anymore? Why are we getting all these, like, villainless movies? And it's like, Indigo, you got something Radigan? <laughs> <laughs> the Napoleon of crime, but he's a rat. I know. But... Yeah, first Vincent example Price. off the dome. <laughs> you dissing my boy rat again? The prime I example of a third act breakdown? His entire design changes because he loses his fucking mind? I just would not. That's not what I would default to in the tier list of. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm just sorry. getting roasted from every direction today. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 69 joke in there somewhere, but we're not going to no! make it. It's the Ace episode. No! <laughs> anyway. No, that's a different joke. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so people were like, where do all these villains go? Why can't we make them anymore? And I think it's literally because it's like, we got to we gotta get deep into the villain's mind. We got to get their, their characterization. We got to understand why they're sympathetic and complicated. And it's like, if you do that, you can't get Ursula. Because Ursula is entirely planting for how satisfying it's going to be when she explodes. <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, Scar, he's like sleazy and manipulative and you want to see his lies exposed. But you can't do that if Scar has a sad backstory and a complicated inner life and shit like that. Like, 
the the thing that you're going to pay the character off with is the thing you need to plant earlier. And if you want to pay off how complicated and sympathetic and interesting they are, you plant that. But if you want to pay off how cool it's going to be to watch them fall off a building, you just set that up. And it's fine. Nobody fucking cares about Gaston's tragic backstory. <laughs> I forgot about Gaston in my initial list, too. <laughs> you were too focused on Radigan. you did not I, forget Radigan. <laughs> as a corollary, that also means that we don't have to deal with, like, super edgelord r slash Ursula was right. Yeah. Because, like, if they're just a villain, it's like, okay, cool, we're not supposed to, yeah. Yeah, I think we've accidentally <laughs> pinpointed why I got so so tilted at parts of Infinity War and Endgame where it's like, we need to make Thanos complicated. And it's like, why? Why do you need to make Thanos complicated if the payoff is going to be cutting off his head and then exploding his past self? Why does he need to be sad sometimes? Whatever. It's fucking fine. I, <laughs> if, I, if I complain any more about the MCU, we're going to reach critical mass and everyone's going to explode. Um, <laughs> like Ursula. But yeah, like that one time with Ursula. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, <laughs> There's a burst joke in there somewhere, but I'm not. I can't make it. believe I'm getting fucking dissed for my excellent taste in niche uh, unappreciated Disney villains voiced by beloved horror movie actors. Isn't like, isn't like a top tier villain, but in no world does the Great Mouse Detective pop autofill into my mind above like the Little Mermaid or like the Lion King. I'm not going to apologize for being built different. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's, let's switch gears. I, I would like to um, apologize for bringing up Radigan. Cyan, <laughs> uh, oh, darling, for the people in the audience who are not uh, previously familiar with you, or maybe cannot tell your voice apart from the other two women uh, in the OS pod, uh, could you introduce yourself? <laughs> Okay, hi, I'm Sai. <laughs> Try not to laugh challenge, Radigan edition, Radigan. impossible. <laughs> hi, I'm Cyan. Um, I like the great mouse detective. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't do YouTube. Um, <laughs> Cyan is the one person in our gang who has a a real job. Yeah, I have <laughs> at place. <laughs> I have job at place that uh, has nine to five hours. Uh, I work in the sciences doing lab stuff. Yeah. But you also have a wonderful Instagram page. I do. full of food and cat pictures. I have an Instagram full of food and cat pictures and sometimes awareness posts, specifically in the month of May. Yeah. And sometimes other months, but mostly yeah. May. I'm sorry, my brain like, was full little... of the lyrics to Radigan. Uh, oh my God. Did we bring up that Cyan and Blue are married, or has this, uh, this not come important. up yet? The context clues. That was, that was, coming, that was coming next. <laughs> okay, all right. I, we got an email yesterday, like, what's the relationship between Red and Blue? I'm like, my guy, there's a whole wiki. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, check the wiki if you want more information. Yeah, uh, no, Blue and I got married. Uh, that was a thing. Yeah, 2021. Back in 2021, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. A but we were, we, it was fun, yeah. No one got sick. Everyone no one was died. There. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, no one got sick. Mm -hmm. No one died. We were good. Um, yeah, that's that's a brief rundown. Yeah. 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 We met uh, in fencing. Uh, I broke his sword. Yep. This is not a joke. Yeah. It was this very sweet story. <laughs> this is not an episode sixty nine. This is like an actual thing that happened. <laughs> oh God damn it. <laughs> 
Yep. Yeah, um, so I think we mentioned this story on the pod before. So go I think we mentioned the story on the Valentine's Day episode that I was on like yeah, yeah, a while back. So, Red yeah. also obliged by telling that story at our wedding for her speech, which was frankly wonderful. I mean, I sort of got like Shanghai into being your substitute best man, so like I had to come up with something. Well, no substitute. I just didn't have a best man because That's it was true. like, well, I can't pick. <laughs> but yet Red has to do a speech because yeah. like Cyan's got three sisters, so she didn't want to pick a, a, a maid of honor. So I'm not going to be like, okay, well. I'm gonna have because that that <laughs> seemed weird. Ah, I see. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, good wedding, yeah. decent job. No, I like my job. <laughs> it's a fun job. Still getting a math, master's degree, so I could hopefully work from home one day. Yeah, oh, so oh, oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll both be work from home gremlins. But uh, in the meantime, uh, got oh, yeah. Cyan Bakes on Instagram. Did a yep. whole little post a day for May Ellers Danlos Syndrome Awareness Month, which yep. was uh, super fun series of posts with yeah. lots of food and, and lots of Cleo pictures. A good amount of money. We raised yeah. a ton of money. We had a, a, a stray stream uh, that we did uh, middle of last month that uh, combined with uh, your fundraiser together mm-hmm. uh, had a total of like $4,000, $5,000 somewhere yeah, in the middle there. Yeah, 4000 dollars, I think, yeah. which was really awesome. So thanks to everyone who donated for that. Yeah. We're always super pleased and astounded by the the generosity of the audience when we do fundraising stuff. And that's kind of like a nice thing that we like being able to do where like every stream is just there's a fundraiser on it. And that's yeah. honestly a, a real cool thing that we like being able to do. So we're always yeah. appreciative uh, when, when, yeah. when that works out. Yeah. So well. yeah, that's yeah. that's the brief rundown of me. I do things and a lot Woo-hoo. of day-to-day stuff. <laughs> yeah. I have the insurance. <laughs> I do the health insurance stuff. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um, and make snarky comments in the backdrops of streams while eating crackers that make Indigo go absolutely <laughs> insane. Release the That's chips. That's who cut. I am. <laughs> uh, right. I'm excited to get back into streaming. If nothing else, just for that pleasing background ASMR. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If there's nothing else to announce, we can hop on over to the Q and A portion of the podcast. Ooh, I can't wait. Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode. This question comes from Meekentron. Hi guys, so we've heard a few times how Blue and Cyan met, but Red, how was your first meeting with the channel's favorite scientist? Sending lots of love and encouragement to the whole OSP team. Looking at you, Indigo. Thank you. But uh, Red, how did you and uh, Cyan meet? And Cyan, I guess, how did you and Red meet? Yeah, I remember this distinctly. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. We had so many popovers. (laughs) Oh, yes! Ah, good, yes, I recall correctly. Thanks for the hint. Um, So I had initially thought that it was when I came to visit you guys, but it was actually you guys coming here to visit me. and uh, we went to a restaurant in a mall that I frequented at the time, uh, which was very good. It was like a grill, and it had a lot of good stuff in it. And it had this... Honestly, let's go back next time we're all in town. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but they, they had, uh, instead of just, like, bread, they had this basket of cheese popovers. And they just kept mm. refilling it, and we just kept eating them. <laughs> 
And after about specifically red and I, yeah, blue like blue tapped out pretty early. Yeah, but no, th- those those I, popovers were too good. Were and after round number seven, they cut us off. They yeah, I only participated crackers. into round two, and then they stopped at four, and we had to ask again, and then they kept bringing to about yeah. six or seven. And I, I think what happened is red. I I think I remember you saying I've only ever gotten to basket four, and I want to see if they'll keep going. <laughs> that does sound like me. And actually, indigo, weren't you there? For that, I believe you were greens? also there. I think yeah. it was kind of a group thing. Uh, I this think, was no, the I think they might have. I think time. they left before the popover. I don't remember eating any popovers anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't at any think point, they were there so for I this. This is like... also when we went to the ice cream place. No, I don't. I don't think they were there for. Mm. I don't think they were for there for this. We did do the okay. ice cream, but yeah, I think that was, was a different. It was. A, I think it was a different day on the same visit. Yeah, they left. They left before we left. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. I do remember the, the. I think to my recollection, like the first moment of you two meeting in person, I tried to introduce you two to each other, but I I got confused of who I was oh. introducing first, so I just said your names opposite, and then you both walked away from me because <laughs> I, I introduced you as the other person. Oh, and I was yes. like, oh, I see how it is. All right, bye. And, and then we both left you left. behind. <laughs> well, but we walked away with each other and left you behind. Yeah. Yes, this does. Yes, yeah. this does sound familiar. <laughs> Yes. Oh man! Arm in arm, skipping off into the sunset as far away from me as possible. <laughs> Perfectly uh, balanced as all yeah. things should be. Well, this next question comes from Violent Lava Fish to Blue and Cyan. Do you have any favorite seasonal tea? Mine, for example, is a chocolate peppermint tea my mother gets for me during the winter holidays. So, any favorite seasonal teas? Um, technically, it's seasonal, but I drink it all year round. It's a uh, cranberry autumn tea from Hardy yep, and Sons. I was going to say cranberry autumn. <laughs> um, nice. It is, yeah, it's like an orange cranberry tea, black tea. Um, and it is seasonal, but no one can stop me from drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> all year. <laughs> and it is my favorite tea. Yeah. So I will continue to drink it, even though it is now June. Every once in a while, I'll pull out one of the like the Christmas teas. It's like I can have this now. No one can stop me. <laughs> no one make. No one can stop you from doing what you want. Drink yeah. eggnog in yeah. the summer. Drink lemonade in the winter. Yeah. Mm. There are no rules good. when it comes to food. Eat chicken nuggets for breakfast. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> chicken and waffles. Dare to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always Harney and Sons. It's always Harney and Sons. <laughs> Another one hey, of the Harney unofficial sponsors of the OS podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey. One of these days, I'll just I'll, I'll man up and I'll send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> a little cold call. Like, One of these Hi, days, I was uh, wondering if perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna snap and just start cold emailing every brand that we've ever name dropped on the podcast. Be like, Lucky brand jeans. <laughs> oh, I heard oh, you oh, telling us. <laughs> um. But it is Pride Month. Fun fact about Lucky Brand Jeans in honor of uh, episode 69. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, inside please. the fly, uh, when you unzip the pants, it says, Lucky you. So, you know, that's fun. <laughs> yes, it does. It is, it's pretty hilarious, yeah. <laughs> like, does they knew exactly he? what they were doing when they named themselves Lucky Brand Jeans and, like, set up that whole joke. A little bit of a They also line. had a Pride line. I have a hat from them that says, Born Lucky in Rainbow. And it's like, yeah, anyway. Nice. Well, speaking of Pride Month, we've got the uh, resident aces of the podcast all gather here today. So it feels appropriate to have some ace-related questions on here. This one comes from Bookworm440 to Red and Blue and Cyan. Uh, Love you, Indigo. Thank you. I'm going to skate through this one. Uh, I am a a young girl who thinks I might be asexual, but I'm not sure if I'm too young to know. Do you have any advice? Uh, Don't worry about it. Um. Yeah. It's completely fine for you to 
to think you're one thing and then figure out later that you're another or to be one thing and then be something else later. Um, people change a lot over the course of their lives. And if you if you are like on the cusp of being too young to know, just just don't worry about just it. Don't you know? worry, yeah. Do do what <laughs> do what you're comfortable with and what feels right, and just don't stress about labels unless you know uh, unless you find the label like is a comfort to you. Just don't worry about it. You know. Yeah. The thing yeah. about labels is they're useful when they feel like they fit you, and you can try them on for as long as they work. Mm-hmm. So if right now you feel like the asexual label fits you, you're not too young to know. If it feels like it fits you, use it. And if at any point later it stops feeling like it fits you, stop using it. And that's perfectly okay. Like Red said, you can change as you grow. And that doesn't mean you weren't asexual in the past. That just means that the label has stopped fitting you now. People change. People grow. And Mm -hmm. some people find the label fits them. And that label continues to fit them for the rest of their life. And that's amazing. And some people, it doesn't. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and there's a huge spectrum of what ace can mean, uh, and there may be any number of different permutations of that. Where like one end of the ace spectrum is like, oh yeah, no, this 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 sounds about right, and somewhere else in the ace spectrum is like, oh well, it's definitely not that. Yeah. So uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about yeah. it too much. If it feel if it feels like it's good, good. But don't don't try to to contort anything around to to fit. The um the interesting thing, just as a little tangent off of this, is that it's actually kind of common knowledge that orientation can kind of shift as you get older, because most people who have been married for decades will be like, yeah, you know, I, I used to be like fully straight. Now the only person I'm really interested in is, you know, my spouse. Like, it's just this kind of, you know, it's a tale as old as time. People get used to that concept, which inherent to that is the understanding that you can have an orientation and then change over time as you grow and develop as a person. This is just a thing that we understand when it happens to straight people. <laughs> but, like, it can also happen to other people. So, so like, don't sweat it at any point in your life. You know, if, if a label feels like it's maybe no longer helpful, you can just drop it. A label is a tool for your own comfort. And if the tool's not working anymore, you can just get a different one. It's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. And in a, another Ace-related question, this comes from Sin. Uh, two red, and I'm going to open this up to the, the other members of the podcast. Uh, who is the most iconic Arrow Ace figure in any mythology? And I'm going to oh, say gonna maybe say like if anyone knows mythology. any <laughs> historical or media examples also. But iconic Aces. Yeah, this, like, I mean, this is an interesting Artemis one. is probably top of mind. Artemis <laughs> is up there. I'd say I like Athena. Hestia. Hestia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, my pick would probably be Athena because she's... um. With Artemis, there's always that question of, like, rejects, forswears the company of men. That can mean a few different things. But with yeah. Athena, it's pretty categorically like, nope, I'm good. Hestia <laughs> just wanted to be left alone to live her life. Yeah. And I like that I like she that just kind of wanted to be by herself. You know, she still wanted to be around her people. Just but she them. also just wanted to do her own thing. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people who are on the arrow and a spectrum can relate to like we're not robots yeah we're just we still have relationships with other people it's just not sexual and romantic relationships yeah and sometimes we also just want to be left alone to do our own thing (laughs) (laughs) i like how the three of us managed to hit the three big ones in greek mythology with almost no overlap yeah Hey. I, there are other mythologies where this does happen, but because Greek mythology tends to be one that a lot of people, if you name them, people can be like, I know exactly who that is. I think but also, that's... 
with Greek mythology, so there's there's such a massive corpus of literature, you can actually yeah. find a pretty good pile of evidence, whereas with yeah. a lot of other mythologies and historical religions, it's like, well, this person, like, th- this this figure, this god, like, never had a consort that we know about, but there's, like, this obscure cult up here where they were a fertility deity, so who the fuck knows, like, that kind of thing. And yeah. It, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the headcanon zone anyway, because, like, there are things you can point to in the original source and be like, look, but as soon as you're being like, and it lines up perfectly with this modern concept of this identity, it starts getting shaky. You know, you yeah. can find evidence for a lot of different concepts, and it's pretty hard to be like, yes, that's right, this character was definitely this, and no argument. Like, it's a losing battle. But yeah. with Greek mythology, there's, there's more points where you can be like, look, it says it right here. <laughs> Parthenos, baby. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I... Uh... Can can foist the label onto uh, King Louis the Sixteenth. Uh, I I think it would fit because of everything we know about him. Whereas like, hey, you and Marie Antoinette need to have like kids like right fucking now. And Louis's like, I, I I super. Oh God, no! I don't I don't want to do this now. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, he's a real person. He's a real person. Uh, <laughs> Not exactly mythological. Well, yeah, I think Indigo is kind of opening up the question to any fair. historical figures, mm-hmm. um, but. He was uh, a very instructive point in like, oh wait, hold on, maybe I maybe I understand where this guy's coming from. Nah. Where society is like, you need to bang like right now, and Louis's like, I want to tinker with my clocks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a recurring experience, I think, where like a character or a person is kind of like not interested in this, and we're like, yes. I understand. And then oftentimes in the story or narrative, it'll be like, oh, but this one person has made me understand. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I thought this was working. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yes, Athena, yeah. second choice Jughead. <laughs> nice. I almost didn't catch the Riverdale at the very end. <laughs> um, Riverdale, how dare you? It's only Jughead from the comics. <laughs> because Jughead in Riverdale is straight. So, you know, mm. whatever. Way to erase one third of all of our canon representation <laughs> in one fell swoop. Oh. Uh, um, but this next question comes from username taken twelve twenty two, inspired by the current stream and mainly to Cyan. Do you have any tips for younger people with chronic pain? Oof. <laughs> yeah, um, I think a lot of it, especially from what I remember from being in like high school, and depending on what you mean by younger, you could mean up until being like young professionals. A lot of it's going to come from figuring out the ways that work for you to kind of mitigate it. And also realizing that it's going to be a fact of life that people aren't going to believe you. (laughs) And that's going to sound really harsh and really unfortunate, uh, but it kind of is true. So a lot of the times when I was in high school, uh, I wore a lot of braces and that a lot of my friends kind of understood that and it also prompted some people to think that I was faking it for attention and I don't know Mm. what kind of attention you're going to get by trying to wear compression braces under your clothes that's not really getting you attention but some people are going to still say stuff like that to you Um, as you get older and you have a little bit more resources I recommend physical therapy if that's an option for you, it's generally very helpful, even if you have a chronic condition, because it teaches you skills that can help you in the long term to prevent more pain or work around it. Um, if you can find a good doctor that listens to you, hang on to them. They're very <laughs> rare sometimes, unfortunately. 
Um, and if you don't have any of those options, just figuring out what works for you, whether it's things like having really good pillows or just a lot of them, um, whether it's bracing, whether it's just being gentle on yourself, <laughs> um, whether it's just taking more time between strenuous activities and not pushing yourself as hard. Um, each person kind of has what they can do and what resources are available to them and just knowing what that is for you is going to help you in the long term to not push yourself so hard um, and just kind of know your limits. You're, you can listen to your body best, you know your body best, better than whatever anyone else could be telling you, so you know how much is too much for you more than anyone else could yeah. <laughs> and it's, best of luck <laughs> yeah it's it's not about finding like the the fix my pain button but it's yeah. developing a toolkit with all the things that cyan was just talking about yeah what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is most people with chronic pain don't ever medicate down to zero percent pain mm -hmm. and that's just the fact of the matter um and so it's unfortunate that is you do need to figure out what's the best you're going to be able to feel at the resources that you have at the moment and strive for that because that's going to make you feel the best on your day to day and whatever kind of adapting you need to do whether that's any modifications to your schedule or modifications how you're sleeping or resting between activities is probably what's going to do the best for you in the long term mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um yeah. correct me if i'm overstepping at any point um but as I understand it, a lot of people with chronic pain I don't really realize that they have it because a lot of people don't quite realize that the quote unquote normal amount of pain to be feeling at any given point in your day is zero. You should not be in pain for any reason if your body is, you know, not, you know, if, if you're not injured or like actively sitting on a thumbtack or something. And thus a lot of people are like, what do you mean? Like everyone's ankles are always kind of fucked up or like the knees hurt and it's like, no, that means you have chronic pain and you can take steps to try and manage it because um, you're actually, you know, ideally not going to be in constant untreated pain forever. You know, there are, there are things you can do to deal with that. And also, like, there's no, um, there's no honor in suffering silently, you know? <laughs> you, you don't actually need to just sit through and push through something that sucks. Uh, you can do things that make you more comfortable and in less pain uh, and whatever those are it's you know it's fine there's all these really harsh attitudes towards like you know suffering is like a, a good and dignified thing to do as long as you don't bother people about it and like drug seeking behavior is the worst possible thing you could do if you need pain medication and, and i don't know i kind of just get the impression of like i don't know I, I think if somebody's in pain i'm gonna trust that they probably know what they need to do about that better than i do <laughs> um yeah i think I think those both are really good points, and okay. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, and I think that's definitely the way the attitude is shifting. Unfortunately, there are some places, um, some people who don't have the same attitude, um, both patients themselves, but more so, unfortunately, still some medical professionals who mm. don't agree and who will basically gaslight you um, into if you're not appearing like you are in pain to them that you do not have enough pain to be treated right or that you do not have enough pain to receive medication or that your pain is psychosomatic um, so a lot of times people can't receive the proper treatment until they have convinced people that they are in this type of chronic pain 
Um, so that's why I said if these things are available to you. Yeah. Um, because obviously the best thing would be for people to receive proper treatment for their pain. And I think the attitude of medical professionals is shifting towards listening to patients. Yeah. Um, but until it fully does, not everyone is able to unfortunately receive the proper treatment for their level of pain. And so yeah. they have to make do with what they're able to receive, which isn't always adequate. Um, yeah. And so finding ways to mitigate it at home is the best that they're able to do, which is what the advice I was trying to give is because I am not a medical professional. Right. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you can get, as I said, like a medical professional who listens to the, you, hold on to them and have them help you. And if you can't, then mitigate it at home. But I definitely agree. If you are in pain, please do seek help. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, don't undersell how much pain you're in. Like, I've got, like, mm-hmm. people in my family will be like, it's fine. I could imagine being in worse pain. And it's like, like, if you're going in for surgery, they need to know how fucked up you are on the inside. You know, like, <laughs> you can't, like, give them a four when you're actually feeling a nine. Yeah. <sighs> That's something I learned. I have chronic knee pain, which is not particularly bad, but it's, you know, it's chronic and it happens. Yeah. Uh, and I, there was a shift in my brain about four years ago. I was like. I should just complain about this all the time. Like, <laughs> why, do I, why do I have to shut up about it? Yeah. Um, but if I could offer one very extremely specific piece of advice for anyone with chronic pain who might be using like a bag full of beans or something similar as like a heat pad, uh, just don't cook the beans in there. <laughs> I have one of those, which is extremely helpful for my chronic knee pain. But you like microwave it for a little bit to heat the bag up and then it just is really good at retaining heat. And I thought the beans were dry, but apparently after about two years of use, the beans did cook the last time I microwaved them. And my apartment did smell strongly of beans for a while. So, um... May I recommend rice? Yeah, that's going to be the next move. (laughs) It was a nice, it was like a pouch that a lady had sewn and filled with beans. And I guess I assumed this would be fine. I wasn't thinking about my knee pain. <laughs> I was smelling some beans for a while, though. But yeah, that's bean pain. Bean if you, pain, if, if you would. <laughs> All Ooh. of the actual advice people have given here has been incredibly helpful and, and, and true. Um, but, also, but also, don't cook the beans. Also, don't cook the beans. <laughs> don't cook beans. Yeah. <laughs> don't cook. Don't cook beans unless you mean to cook beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, just never make beans ever. <laughs> that's the <laughs> Uh, oh, no. Sin oh, is stored in the beans. <laughs> no, human souls are stored in the beans. Didn't you listen to Aristotle? <laughs> uh, but we've got more questions to get to. This one comes from Bexy Boohoo. <clears throat> Excuse me. What exactly is Ziggy and Cleo's relationship? Enemies? Lovers? BFFs? <laughs> acquaintances? Parallel versions of each other? Either way, I want fan art on Indigo's desk by Monday. Uh, I don't know if Ziggy and Cleo have ever like, met in person. Yeah, to no, my knowledge, they they've never met. No. I call them cousins. They no. they have an understanding that the other exists, but I don't think they've ever like looked at each other on the screen. I Does think Zicky know that Cleo exists? I'm not I know confident Cleo that they that have Ziggy an awareness exists. of each other exists. I think that Cleo knows that Ziggy exists because Ziggy's some kind of like anomaly on the balance sheet when Cleo's doing her HR paperwork end of the month. It's like, who the fuck has been stealing from the company Oreo jar? Like, <laughs> what is this? And uh, Ziggy, who's just been- Oreos. Bliss- yeah, don't do that. But Ziggy, who's just been blissfully, obliviously criming, uh, has only the barest idea that a, a full conspiracy wall in Cleo's office that definitely exists is devoted to this mysterious you, shade. It's like Cleo in a dimly lit room with one of those, like, green uh, lampshade lamps. She's got those little visors and, like, the little glasses on with a pencil. <laughs> Wait, I Cleo's heard that meow. going over <laughs> the numbers, right. like, 
what the hell is this? And then she sees like a little paw print on the side of, of so I was like, that's not mine. Where did this come from? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I've mentioned that Cleo is like self-aware about being a cat and is owning it uh, to the point where you guys have her trained to pose for cameras, which yes, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Whereas and Ziggy- sit uh, in a chair at tables yeah. <laughs> like a person. Whereas Ziggy, I, I know that she knows she exists, but I don't think she knows anything more specific than that. She's, no. just, she's just a creature. She doesn't know what the rules just are. Just a little guy. Just a little guy. Just she a has, little dude. She has no idea what kind of thing she is. Uh, so, Yeah, I would also like to say I think the meow might have been picked up by the audio, but at the minute we started talking about Ziggy and her criminal enterprise, she did enter the room. Eyes <laughs> fully closed, clearly still asleep. Um <laughs> She, I the think world's greatest my criminal running mind. theory is that she has learned that if I, because I work from home, and if I'm sitting at my desk talking, it's probably because I'm recording something. And I think she's just learned that, like, when Indigo starts talking at this desk, I can get attention because mm. there are... <laughs> and Cam so she free. comes and screams. And she's been cameoed on just about everything I've recorded in the last, like, two months. For, and this is why I think this theory is happening. But no, Cleo, yeah. Oh. She's napping against a piece of um, sound dampening. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Improving yeah. the sound dampening quality of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like like Ziggy is potentially one of those like hyper uh, Ziggy is potentially one of those hyper complex single celled organisms where like it's way bigger than a single celled organism should be. Yet when you get the microscope, it's like that's that's one cell. I mean, I joke that you and Red share one brain cell. I think Ziggy also shares one brain cell with Cleo sometimes. <laughs> Ziggy, oh, you boy. are shedding so much right now. Those are her cilia. Be nice. <laughs> uh, we got more questions coming at you. This one from Tradition. To Blue and Cyan, I will be proposing to my girlfriend of two years when we go to our local pumpkin patch on Halloween. This might have been from a while ago. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and I loved hearing the story of your engagement on a previous podcast. Do you have any tips for a newly engaged couple moving in together? Ooh, don't do it at the start of a pandemic and then immediately get a cat. <laughs> Honestly, it was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a good way to like crash course move into a studio apartment with a cat in the beginning of a pandemic. So maybe just run. like don't do that and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I'm in a position to really give any advice because it wasn't like we had like a choice. Any well, it wasn't like we had any flexibility in how we were to go about this. <laughs> like like Alia Yakta S. Once it was like okay, look, we're gonna get engaged eventually. It's like all right, COVID calendars moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of like we're you know. Once like, one of these dominoes goes, the rest are just going to happen all this week, apparently. Um, so, Like, I had applied to get a cat, and they're like, okay, we need people to take them right now, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I'm really in authority to be able to give advice, because, like, there was no other way this could have happened for us. I would recommend... So I never really needed to be conscious of the options. I would recommend you guys... Figure out what to get rid of before you move them into your apartment yeah. together. Yeah. Because we did not have that opportunity, no. which meant in our tiny studio apartment, we had way too much stuff and not enough space. Yeah. Like that old space bag commercial. <laughs> <laughs> too much stuff, not enough space. Except for we didn't have space bags. We this had is a not studio a universal apartment. Commercial red, do you not remember the space savers? <laughs> I didn't watch much television when I was a youth. Like, honestly, between, like, when we first moved in to Cyan's, like, 600-square-foot 
apartment. I think like, it might have been smaller less. than that. It might have been like like high four hundreds. <laughs> Between like like a high four hundred square foot studio apartment and this whole ass house, we did not acquire tremendously more things. We got more bookshelves, but we did yeah. not necessarily get more books. <laughs> we had a lot of books on the windowsill. It's a look. That's just decor at that point. Yeah, like, yeah we've got more furniture, but like in terms of like raw stuff things not not tremendously more so like yeah do do the clean out like go full like kanmari on your stuff before you go into the space and you'll be starting from a much better baseline yeah that's the advice yeah. purge yeah. before move yeah that's good advice just sort of in general every time i've moved apartments uh whether or not i'm moving in with a new person it is just like just go through everything you own while you're packing it and put like whatever you don't need to take with you aside now because there's if you move it with you it's staying in that apartment until you move again mm-hmm. yeah it's just that's just how stuff gathers yeah <laughs> i've and been as far as like actually the process of like months. learning how to live with someone that is there's really nothing we can say to that it's to... gonna be awkward you'll figure it out yeah you'll figure it out it's, it's really yeah. just a process you just gotta do it yeah be honest with that like what your habits actually are like if yeah. you like staying up late you know don't pretend yeah. that you want to go to bed at like 9 a- 9 p.m i almost said 9 a.m that'd be crazy <laughs> other direction yeah, you know. um but <laughs> but also like having witnessed a rather uh dysfunctional large group move of uh friends in college who had were all buds but had never cohabitated in the same apartment before don't ever start doing passive aggressive post-it notes because oh, once no. that door has been opened it cannot be closed again uh one of the one of the hardest parts about being a grown-up is sometimes you just have to sit the person down and be like, hey, this thing that you've been doing has been bugging me. Can we figure out a solution, please? Oh, um, yeah. One more thing. If the other person is doing the chore in a way you don't like, just let them do it unless you want to do the chore. If they're doing <laughs> the dishes in a way that you don't like, you have two options. Do the dishes. Or let them do the dishes. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, if, like, if you find that you're starting to build up frustration or resentment at something, like, like little things are starting to annoy you more than they should, uh, talk it out before it becomes an explosive problem, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that really becomes an issue over time. So, like, you, you, have to, you have to be cohabitating with somebody who you can have those conversations with to decrease that sort of pressure, because if it just builds up forever, you're going to explode at them because they put a spoon in the wrong basket in the dishwasher, and it's going to be completely disproportionate. Except, you know, this is the, this is the scary part about, like, buildup of frustration and resentment is it, it can make really tiny things huge problems it's the, it's the fork limit of the day basically you yeah. know you know how people have a spoon limit this is the stick a fork in me i'm done limit um you gotta you gotta vent some of that fork pressure sometimes 69 episode way <laughs> anyway this is less interesting than people thoroughly thought it would be <laughs> this is unrelated but I, when i moved i only had two forks and uh, i still only have two forks but recently and this is a pl- perk uh, my boyfriend's like, yeah, me and my brothers are going to be cleaning out some of our stuff, and we have a bunch of extra forks, so sometimes oh you might goodness. actually gain some forks from moving. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Um, Truly, the universe comes into balance in yeah. the most serene of ways. But we got one more question here before we take us out of this podcast. Uh, Red, this is, again, five-minute warning. Um, as per usual. <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Five minutes. Yeah, I've heard I'd that one before. I'd say this podcast only has five minutes left. <laughs> uh, this question comes from Aquila29. Question to all, if you could go back to any time period and experience the fashion of that era, what, which would it be and why? Fashion. Hmm. I asked this one. I, I saved would... this specifically for an episode we had Cyan on because Cyan is a very talented uh, seamstress. And so I was like, ooh. <laughs> Talented might be a, a, a little bit. You've made some Renaissance kind of fair you. costumes in your day. I, I do. I do make perk. my own Renaissance fair costumes. <laughs> I, yeah, and they're always real fun. Um, the first thing in my head was like to go to the 1700s and like tell them to wear some real fucking pants instead of those dumbass socks the men always wore. It's like you need actual pants, guys. Why? You can't just go like. Like socks to the thighs and like a tiny little pair of shorts. You need something Skies real. Skies out, thighs out. Three ball in it. Skies out, thighs out. Oh god. Because like that dumbass picture of Henry VIII, where it's like just the most, and this is like 1500s, like the most sleeves a man has ever had on him, and like 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 a 13 thread count of like pants on him between like. Like, nothing is holding that cod piece together but will. <laughs> so I just Googled it. And the first fashion. sports bra was invented in 1975. So realistically, I can't go back much farther than that without some rather <laughs> severe discomfort. <laughs> um, but uh, failing that, um, hmm. but I also don't like direct exposure to sunlight. So this is severely limiting my options. Would it be appropriative to be a ninja? That feels bad, but also awesome. <laughs> You're thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, where they go back uh, and they do have to deal with the... Well, because they're... Am the I? Is that what I'm thinking of? <laughs> I just love the sort of, like, poofy pants to, like, cinched in, like, shin ankle guard look. I just... I love that silhouette, and I feel like it would be really comfy and breathable without letting me get sunburned either. Um... And the sort of like stage ninja like mask thing where you just kind of have the little eye slit. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't burn even a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think so like. I was just. Oh, no. Please. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. After you. Okay, I was just double checking. But yeah, at the very, very end of the 1600s going into the early 1700s, they had just the biggest skirts. Mm. <laughs> you could hide so many snacks in the skirts. And really. I strive to have the kind of snack hiding skirts that they had. But in all actuality, probably like the early 1900s slash 1920s because they had yeah. much more reasonable skirts. Mm -hmm. And also, frankly, corsets were substantially more comfortable than bras. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think like, the thing I yeah. most would want to wear would be like old Hollywood fashion, you know, like the really dramatic red carpety dresses. But there is a part of me that's like, mm, but that's the Regency was so so slutty, <laughs> you know. Is it practical? I've my no, answer. I'd be so uncomfortable so quickly. But to be have the like flowy white shirt, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriating uh, I do men's love fashion the, of the, the flowy era. Renaissance shirt vibe. Yeah. The sort of like cover of a romance novel. Exactly. Kind of. Those are pretty <laughs> ideal, and they're they're like designed to be worn, like kind of open to the like the really deep V. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of ideal, actually. Suns out, nips out. 
No, 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 no. Like, kind you gotta of. spirit gum it in place so that you never quite flash. <laughs> it's like all that English pre-Raphaelite art is like, this person's barely clothed. <laughs> <laughs> Just one really long tunic. So I'll, I'll take Renaissance poofy sleeve or cowboy. Cowboy Ooh. also good. Cowboy mm. pretty solid. Yeehaw. Cowboy. Who can resist chaps? I'm working really hard to give my character and really with difficulty a cowboy hat this season. So far, no luck. <laughs> Stay tuned. The thing is, I don't want one of those like skirts that like looks like you're a rectangle. Just like one of the really large mm. circle skirts. Yeah. Right. The ones that sort of enhance the hourglassiness. Yeah, of but not shape. quite a hoop skirt. Mm. Just like the really big poofy circle skirts. Yeah. That's, there's like a middle ground... Right where they had, were not quite doing the rectangles yet, but still doing the giant poofs, but not quite a giant hoop. Where yeah. does the bustle fit into this timeline compared to the eighties? Eighteen eighties, yeah, yeah, like late Victorian, early Edwardian, yeah. where it's just like how much badon can we put also into this the eighties, <laughs> but a little more subtle. <laughs> I saw there, there was like like an extract from like the fucking diary of like a whaler who came back into port after four years when bustles had come into fashion. Mm. And he was like, when I first saw it, I thought, well, I shan't say what I thought. <laughs> like, just fucking like, imagine you come back dunk. from a four year like hike in the Alps and everyone's caked to fuck. <laughs> I thought I was doing the hiking. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's the 69. Episode 69. Woo! People are gonna like stop halfway through and then like skip to the end of their be like, what? What? <laughs> they have so many nuanced and real conversations about their lives and struggles and the things, the advice that they have for other people going through the same thing. Oh, here it is. I'll be honest, though. Any time in history before the invention of yoga pants is automatically inferior to our current golden age of civilization. I don't like yoga pants. They're too tight. I love yoga pants, especially because like you can legging. get a boot cut, which is the only style of pants I like. They, then they get on, they drag in the water and they get all muddy. No, not if you get them the right length. A most millennial trait is that you couldn't make me wear anything remotely flared. I, I'm, I'm a straight leg maximum kind of jeans owner. I myself. live through flare and I'm not going back. You, you can't, can't make right me. More for me, baby. Legally, you cannot make me wear anything low rise ever again. Oh, well, right? low rise. God, who could, but the thing is they make the yoga pants that go all the way up to like the waist. And then also they boot cut, and it's give green. me rib cage jeans again. Yeah, Blue looks like he's googling I, Byzantine I'm, fashion. I'm yes. forcefully googling Byzantine fashion and realizing it is the best fashion in history because you basically get to wear a bunch of like robes and togas and stuff, but then also Ooh. you get to wear real pants I'm underneath sure it. I'm pretty sure Blue would rather be a cartoon character than a real person. Honestly, like the fact that there's like 3D to any of like my physicality is such a scam. I just want to be like a silhouette with like bichrome color palette. <laughs> what so are you talking fashion about? Would really do you. All of the members yeah. of this channel exist purely in the 2D plane as little chibis. Of I'm course, how, how daft of me. The only I'm time very... people have seen me, I was just a blue ghost with glasses. Which is actually how I exist. I've carefully curated my wardrobe so that all of my shirts are variants of black tank top and all of my pants are variants on bootcut flare. So, (laughs) my favorite thing that will happen sometimes with with, uh, recording Rolling with Difficulty is that all of us will independently decide to wear black tank tops on the same day. (laughs) It's great. Everyone joins. It's most episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, Byzantine fashion. Give it to me. (laughs) Put it in my veins. (laughs) Uh, And it works great with armor, too. uh, Like the sort of like like 
early Iceland exploration. Like, it's mm. cold as fuck. We just got to bundle as many layers as possible. That's also kind of fun. That is Ooh. Yeah. Also, just anything with, like, a lot of lace, that would be fun. Mm. Ooh. I like how we're all completely we're like hitting so many different aesthetics in every possible dimension but they all fit the same general silhouette and vibe yeah ready uh. ready to take us out <laughs> uh like on a date or with a sniper rifle <laughs> yes. we, dressing like Thank the regency all. or what well, i mean I, don't know, I was the one who said poofy renaissance shirts open to like the belly button so i don't know. i want to so look like a listening. star trek character off duty you know <laughs> Oh my god. Neckline, waistline, what's the difference? Thank you all so much for listening to this very special episode 69 of the OzPod. Not as, as you can see, we're, yeah. we're all so good and experienced well, at being horny. Well, this is the horny. thing I've learned. Is How's like Ryan doing, get... by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, the world's greatest criminal mind. If you want <laughs> Red to do the outro like in any sort of like speedy manner, you just gotta make sure that she's on the combative for it, you know? <laughs> you gotta make it a competition. Well, it's not fair. Normally, I'm the one who gets to do tangents. Anyway, uh, we will be back in another two weeks with a more normal episode. I think there's a lightning round to that one because it's yes. a nice round number, so that'll be exciting and, and fun. Uh, I've uh, I spent like the last three days watching Love, Death, and Robots. So if your question was Love, Death, and Robots, good news, my answer has changed. Uh, so yeah, uh, next episode biweekly, not this biweekly, the other biweekly, and of course more videos coming out Fridays. So stay tuned for those. Uh, check out the Sun Wukong vinyl toy for Pride, the rainbow with the fun new face I drew. That'll be pretty cool and exciting and cute. I'm excited to get one of those. Ooh. Um, and I think that's about everything. So until next time, I've been Red. I've been Blue and Cyan. Thank you so much for joining us. No, I'm Rad again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, my nemesis. And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Extra Horned Edition. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on June 21st with another thrilling installment, but if you miss us before then, be sure to check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, and if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and our guest Cyan's Instagram can be found in the show notes below.